Welcome to the Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature. The traditional family values of this American land are gratitude, respect for nature's cycles, the sacred, harmony, and above all, reciprocity. Don't take something without giving something back. It's all alive. It's all connected. It's all intelligent. It's all relatives. Scientists tell us that concern with the environment will no longer be just one of many issues in this new century. It will move to center stage. It will become the context of everything, of our lives, our businesses, our politics. We are, in fact, moving from the information age to the age of biology. In this series, The Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature, we salute the Bioneers, the biological pioneers who are working with nature to heal nature honoring both traditional native wisdom and modern scientific knowledge, restoring the earth by changing the world. What might the world look like if most people, businesses, and governments lived and worked by a set of principles like these? Be sure to give back as much as you take. Live respectfully. Remember to be thankful that you're alive no matter the circumstances and celebrate that gratitude with others regularly. When you leave, be sure you leave the place in as good a shape as you found it. Take care to provide for the children of your great, 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 great grandchildren and the children of all living things around you. Enjoy life and don't take yourself too seriously. These are some of the principles and values at the heart of the indigenous wisdom of the Americas. They're values that sustained people for thousands of years in a balance that supported the land, waters, and air. In these ecologically dangerous times, many call for a fundamental change of heart if we're to restore vital ecosystems. These native ways offer direction toward nothing less than a value change for survival. In this program, we cross an invisible cultural threshold we slow to Indian time, circular time, connected time, and explore value change for survival, all my relations, with Oren Lyons, Leslie Gray, and John Mohawk. My name is Neil Harvey. I'll be your host. Welcome to the Bioneers, revolution from the heart of nature. We talk about all our relations. That, that's a statement that is heard at the finish of a, of a Lakota prayer. All their prayers, they always close with all my relations. Oren Lyons is a faith keeper of the Iroquois Six Nations and a member of the Council of Chiefs of the Onondaga Nation. He has been one of the leading advocates for American Indian and international indigenous causes for over 35 years. He's the co-author and editor of Exiled in the Land of the Free, Democracy, Indian Nations, and the U.S. Constitution. Relationship, I guess, is what is really fundamental to our existence. So often you'll hear us call the winds our grandfathers, or you'll hear us call the thunder and the lightning our grandfathers, and the moon our grandmother, and the sun our eldest brother and the earth our mother, and the earth our grandmother. We say that because it denotes a relationship of, of love, a very close 
close relationship, of appreciation. That's how Native people kept their, their relationship with, with the earth itself. Arne Lyons, Leslie Gray, and John Mohawk all come from the northeastern tribes of the Iroquois Six Nations. The influence of Six Nations peoples and ways on the formative ideas underlying the U.S. Constitution are well documented. They are some of the keepers of what they call the original instructions, guidance most helpful in this time of climate change and geopolitical upheaval. Orrin Lyons. Long time ago, and who knows how long, we had a lot of instructions. But one of them was, you know, to be thankful. Fundamental instruction, be thankful. Be thankful for what you have. So our nations, we built nations on thanksgiving. We built nations on ceremonies. When the Lakota are saying all of our relations, they are talking about life, total, total picture of life. And thus they create a community that's based on love and appreciation. It's based on responsibility and it's based on cooperation, community. Maintaining a community based on love, appreciation, responsibility, and cooperation sounds great. But it's not easy. It takes work and time. The Native American relationship with time is radically different from that of the dominant culture that surrounds it. For people traveling in and out of Indian communities, it can be like stepping into a parallel universe, a universe of vital, engaged relationships and connected cycles. One of the problems that we have with understanding one another is that we live in a cyclical style. We live in a lunar year. We go around like around a season, and the next thing you know, here it is, spring again. Here it is, time for the ceremonies for the, for the maple tree or time for the ceremonies for planting or for the strawberry. It's a circle, and you come back around again and again. And our brother thinks in a straight line. He starts from here and he goes there. It is a very different way of thinking. Um, I suppose they both have their salient points, but I think that um, in over a period of time, one of the reasons why we, we follow that cycle because we've learned to appreciate the relationship that we have with the seasons, with something that grows, it's like in the spring when, the, when the, a young sapling is growing and then it becomes summer and the sapling is strong and then in the fall it's a big tree but the leaves are now gone and the limbs are breaking and, and then it falls and it goes back to the earth. And that's the way we are. We start young, we have our summer, we have our fall, and then we fall and we go back to the earth. And, and your, your body does its last duty, which is to mix up with the earth and feed the worms and come back again in another form. Your spirit moves, because we believe in the spirit. Native people, indigenous people, believe in another power. We understand another power. We don't challenge it. We don't challenge it. We have a belief. And we also have a lot of evidence as to how it works. We have old, old cycles, very ancient cycles. 
So the earth also has its cycle, bigger, older, longer. The time frame of a mountain is a lot longer than the time frame of a human life. It's a lot longer than the time frame of a mouse, and a mouse time frame is a lot longer than an ant's. They all have their time frames, and they're all relevant, and they're all real. And we have to see where we fit in all of this, this cycle. And so in this cycle, once we get into it, we call it, we call it the law of the seed. The law of the seed. We are seed, ourself our seed. We started from a seed. We produce seeds, just as the way a tree reproduces seeds, just the way plants reproduce seeds. We're one and the same. That's what we call our relatives. We know that. We're related, closely related, therefore respectful. Respectful. And also, this respect is what continues life. Then it's a cycle. It's called the great law of regeneration, the regenerative law life, the law of the seed. And best we understand that. And best we not be fussing with a lot of that. Consequences of which will be down that way. That's the way they think. What's down there? Well, we don't know, but let's try it anyway. <laughs> well, you know who's down there is, is your children. That's what you call downstream from life. So what are you doing there to your children, your grandchildren? So if our children are downstream, then all my relations also refers to the unborn, to the generations to come, to the seeds carried in the bodies of today's seeds. So this instruction of being thankful, we build nations around that. We build nations around ceremonies. That's how we operate. And the last instruction we always get is enjoy life. Life is to be enjoyed, so no matter how, how serious it is, enjoy life. You can only live one day at a time, so you should get the best out of it. And that's why even in the hardest times you hear Indians laughing. I don't know where we ever got that stereotype of, of we never laugh. Because all the Indians I know, they laugh all the time. <laughs> because we enjoy life we enjoy life we don't take ourselves too seriously after all we are just who we are but we do the best we can and the instructions is what is important the instructions of your community and your leadership and your community and your, your nation what you're based on fundamental that's what we need that's our relations Panito. Foreign Lions. All My Relations, Omitakweyasin, has been called a prayer and a worldview in one breath. Leslie Gray is an Oneida psychologist who teaches in the San Francisco Bay Area. The founder of the Woodfish Institute, she maintains a psychotherapy practice in San Francisco. Native American spiritual beliefs and practices also illustrate the inherent relatedness of all things. 
Another example of that comes to mind is among the Plains people from whom we have that expression, all my relations, which has been come to be used generally by many modern Indian people, um, there's a story of white buffalo calf woman who was the person who brought the pipe and brought the sacred rites. When she brought the pipe, she said something very interesting about it that I have never heard. I've done some study of you know, cross-cultural spirituality, comparative religion. I've never heard a statement like this. And she iterated and reiterated it to the people. And she said, with this pipe, you pray for and with everything. Almost every religion I've ever studied or been exposed to has the idea of praying for something. But this idea of that when you use this pipe, the stem of which represents the growing things on the earth and the bowl of which represents the human beings, it's red clay and the feathers, the wingeds, and the smoke, the air, etc., that when you pray with this, you pray with everything and for everything. Somehow, what she's saying there goes again to the core of this different worldview, of this shift in worldview that happens when you go from the Indian world to the Euro-American world or the European world. My thinking about this has been that I, I need to examine closely then what's going on in these worldviews that clashes so much. And it seems to me that the Western worldview came from a framework in which one sees human beings as having been kicked out of paradise because they were bad and must wait here to atone to go to a far, far better place than here. It seems to be what is behind that worldview. And then the Indian worldview, in one way or another, is this is paradise. This here, this is what's sacred. And I am part of it, not separate from it. And certainly not ejected from it. Oneida psychologist Leslie Gray. She continues when we return with Oren Lyons and Turtle Clan Seneca John Mohawk. This is Value Change for Survival, All My Relations. My name is Neil Harvey. You're listening to The Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature.
Again, Leslie Gray. I'm a member of the Society of Indian Psychologists. And at one of our gatherings a number of years ago, one of the students had taken on as a project to go back and interview her grandmother. She was Navajo. And she asked her grandmother if her grandmother could remember any old Navajo insults. What would an, a really insulting thing be to say in, in the old way? And her grandmother thought for a really long time, and she said, well, it would be translated, he acts as if he has no relatives. The worst Navajo insult is to accuse someone of living as if they have no relatives. The concern is that the dominant modern view of ourselves is fundamentally separate, of our individual isolation, of our not being related, may be killing us. This is the concern coming from indigenous communities today. I think that we just have to, uh, to simplify our, our thinking. Onondaga elder Orrin Lyons. I know we met with the Global Forum of Spiritual and Parliamentary Leaders for years, uh, from 1986, 88, 90. We had big meetings around the world. And then finally in Tokyo, we, we said, well, what, what is... What is our mission? What is our, what, what is our finding after all of this time? And the, uh, the leader, whose name was Akio Matsumura, said four words, distilled all those meetings into four words, value change for survival. Change your values or you're not going to survive. Uh, that, that's, again, simply simple, but, but very difficult. So I don't know. Uh, uh, I think uh, getting back, finding our way again to, uh, to ceremony, I think is very important. Understand the, the relationship you have with the, with the earth and with everything about it, and, um, and be better role models for your children guide them in a better direction because that's who they follow, you know, they follow what the parents do they follow what they see and simplify simplify because you're going to have to do that anyway at the end of the day (laughs) (laughs) value change for survival the Hopi and other aboriginal peoples have warned for decades of planetary-scale ecological breakdowns if the laws of nature are not respected. More and more eminent scientists are raising dramatic concerns about global climate change and the myriad interconnected effects of destructive human practices are increasingly coming to light. If the root problem is at the values level, what does that really mean? And I'm going to say this is what I think is the fundamental conflict on this topic between the indigenous world and the rest of the European world. Turtle Clan Seneca, John Mohawk, is a professor of American studies at the University of New York at Buffalo and author of the book Utopian Legacies. The European world saw its problems, and by the way, its biggest problem was that people couldn't get enough food to eat. They couldn't, they couldn't produce enough food in Europe to eat. So they were always hungry and there was always famine going on. It was always a problem that way. When it got to the Americas, there was plenty to eat. 
it's kind of an interesting thing. A big piece of the reason why people came was because the Americans had a lot to eat. And then they destroyed that. They destroyed that. When, when they came, this was, this was an edible landscape, first rate, edible landscape. And uh, you, you bring a bunch of sheep and cows and this and that and the other thing there, cut down all the trees and do this and the other thing for a couple hundred years, you don't have an edible landscape anymore. But the, the, what was at work was that on the one side, there was a, a willingness to take on nature and to battle nature right to the end. So the thinking, even around technology, the application of science to problem solving, is how to outsmart nature. That's what biotechnology is about, right? How to, how to get what you want out of nature without nature's help. You can do it yourself. And you look at the native thing, and the native thing was a question of how to cooperate with nature. They, they had fought nature, trust me. They had fought, they had put up the battles they could, they did their best. And I, I think they kind of came to the conclusion that that's not the way to go. <laughs> so they asked the question, okay, what happens if we try to go along with nature, you know? Like instead of trying to plant the blueberries where, where down there by the by their lake where they always get flooded, why don't we plant more blueberries where nature already put blueberries in the already existing blueberry patch, <laughs> that bigger. And, and so when, when you look at what happened, it isn't true that the Indians were existing in a static relationship with nature when the Europeans came. The Indians were, were taking care of the land so that it grew grass, so that it fed deer, so that the deer were, were harvested. The deer were their domesticated animals and the buffaloes and everything else. The Indians were right on top of it. They knew just what they wanted. They had a very sophisticated system of food management going on, very sophisticated but it was cooperative with nature. Now, some of the stuff that goes on here in the pioneers elicits that. It's, it's also about that. But what happens when you do that? What happens when you stop having war with nature? It, doesn't it also mean that you have to go back to the basic questions of fundamental fairness? But, of course, the Indians asked that question not about human to human. They asked that about human to land, human to animal, human to bird, human to fish, human to everything. The, 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 the thinking in the Indian country was essentially one of, of respect, just what she said, those, those values that she said. And the question was, how do we live those in, in practicality. It wasn't just how do we voice those, not just have ceremonies about it, but how do we actually live that. And I think, uh, in a way, we're at the very, very beginning of that, con of that consciousness, you know, and in the, in the, the, that shift of consciousness there. But I, I can't help this thought. If, if you read a lot of the literature, of the, of the expressions of the Indians, uh, from, from the Columbus moment till, till now, it's kind of an interesting conversation because the, the Indians are constantly imploring the, 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 the Europeans to rethink this. They're forever saying, you got this wrong. You know, first off, you're not fair, <laughs> which was, was first off the most obvious thing. But then as they went on and on, they kept saying, you know, you've got to use your mind to try to find a way to come to the best possible outcome. And I think that their answer was, well, the best possible outcome is I make money. And that wasn't what, that's not what they meant. They meant the best possible outcome for the quality of life. Take money out of the equation and tell me what the quality of life is.
In a universe of beings intimately related, the biosphere is our family. And that family has family values. And the family values of this American land, the traditional family values of this American land are gratitude, respect for nature's cycles, the sacred, harmony, and above all, reciprocity. Don't take something without giving something back. What needs to happen in that field is a return to traditional American values, traditional American model of health, and the traditional American worldview that is summarized in the idea, All My Relations. You learn by experience, and um, you learn by watching, and you learn by experimenting, and you learn by testing somebody else's premise. You learn by challenging somebody else's idea. As one of our elders said, to be your own leader. That way you're going to get yourself through. You learn by by listening. But experience is, um, is probably your best teacher and the ability to, to listen and not to speak. It's probably a good way. Listen. Warren Lyons, Leslie Gray, and John Mohawk of the Six Nations. Bioneers building nations on the original instructions. Gratitude, respect, responsibility, reciprocity, and the deep understanding that it's all connected. It's all relatives. Value change for survival. All my relations. To find out more about the work and writing of Oren Lyons, Leslie Gray, and John Mohawk, and all the participants in this series, and to find out more about the annual Bioneers Conference, call Bioneers toll-free at 1-877-246-6337. That's 1-877-BIONEER. Or visit the Bioneers website at bioneers.org. To become a member of the Bioneers or to buy a CD of this program, please call the same number toll-free, 1-877-246-6337. If you're listening to us outside of the United States, you can reach us by calling 505-986-0366. To read more about the work of the Bioneers, check out the Bioneers Anthology book series, which includes Ecological Medicine, Healing the Earth, Healing Ourselves, Nature's Operating Instructions, The True Biotechnologies, and Ecological Literacy, Education for Sustainability, published by Sierra Club Books. The Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature is a production of Collective Heritage Institute. Executive producer, Kenny Ausubel. Written by Kenny Ausubel and Neil Harvey. Managing producer, Stephanie Welch. Our theme music is taken from the album Journey Between by Baca Beyond and used by permission of Hannibal Records, a Ryko Disc label. Additional music was made available by Canyon Records at www.canyonrecords.com. For more music information, please visit bioneers.org. The opinions expressed in the Bioneers Revolution from the Heart of Nature radio series are those of the presenters and are not necessarily those of Collective Heritage Institute, 
the underwriters, or this radio station. My name is Neil Harvey. Thank you for listening. I invite you to join the Bioneers in improving the environment by changing the world. This is program number 0505.